What's up, guys? We're back. Truth and Love podcast episode, I think four. Yeah, it's four. Well, pro- will it be four? But it's four. Yeah, episode four. four here with the one and only Maverick Baker, Elena Haas. And the... And the... David. David Marvin. Marvin. That's yeah, right. Let's go. And love, or hating hard topics in a loving way, hopefully. And uh, how's everyone doing, guys? Thanksgiving I'm good? doing good. Pretty good. Is it supposed to be truth and love or truth in love? Because <laughs> Truth it... and. Truth and? Yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking, you like, because when you say it, you're like, we're delivering the truth in love. Yeah, yeah. Which is a bit of a loving verse. way. Yeah. yeah. But the podcast is. Truth and. Correct. Got you. Love. Hating the truth. And doing it in a loving way. So both of them kind of work. But um, but yeah, Thanksgiving good. Let's go. Um, oh my, I I had a great Thanksgiving. What'd y'all do? Uh, played football, gambled with grandma. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was a great trip. <laughs> Hold the phone. Gambled with grandma. Yeah, it was we, like we need a double click we there. Played, we played a game where it was like, like Uno. Every, kind of. It was called Left Right Center, and we all put like some money in, and then like. You play until like there's one player left, and then they win all the money. It was so fun. That's funny, it was so man. fun, Grandma. Really fun. That is not a tradition that we do. What'd y'all do? Listen, I didn't want to. I don't want to put a damper on this podcast already. Oh but no, we had the stomach bug hit the day of Thanksgiving. No, on on our family. Yeah. Oh no, and we just were dropping like flies. Oh, and people are and hmm. I've I've talked to some people about this since, and they're like, "Are you sure it wasn't the Thanksgiving food?" And I'm positive it wasn't because. The first patient zero got it before we even had Thanksgiving, so it was definitely a preschool. Oh yeah, no! A preschool stomach bug that just bug that went rampant. No, oh that yeah. is brutal. Oh yeah. gosh! And so I wouldn't say it was the best, but honestly, there were some really great moments still, like in between the whole stomach bug situation. Man, and it just got all you guys. Yeah, oh. in like a trickle. It's but like you're over a it now. Recipe. For yeah, that. I'm feeling great. I'm oh, doing great right now. Okay, gosh. I'm fully hydrated again. Just so. checking. Man. That's rough. Well, I got I got sick as well. I'm kind of coming over it, so I probably sound funny, but yeah, I'm coming. Yeah, right I'm back keeping in. my distance from him because he sounds it just may, not good. It may just be allergies, people. Okay? <laughs> I like that's just a cold. Allergies. That's what people say whenever it's it's like, have, like they clearly right they have a fever, <laughs> and they're like, "No, it's just my allergies." Yeah. Yeah. Like, bro, no, allergies don't not. give you a fever. <laughs> yeah. like, but sometimes it could. Very clearly not. Oh man! All right, guys, what are we talking about? Elena. David, you have a book on this, so let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. We are talking about today anxiety. Anxiety. And ways to combat that. Yeah. Yeah. Jump on in, David. Uh, Biblical. Yeah. Like, what does the Bible say about anxiety? And I think it's an important topic. And one of the reasons that my wife and I did pray through and wrote a book and is because of seeing young adults for so many years bring up just the ways that anxiety was crippling them and how it was increasing. In other words, it was getting worse. And there's a lot of reasons that probably contribute to that, whether it's social media or whether it's just the uh, pace of life that people live. We could speculate on a lot of those things. But it's a real issue for a lot of people. And I think for Christians, there's a lot of misunderstanding around what the Bible actually teaches about anxiety, that it's often simplified and oversimplified to, hey, if you just had more faith, you wouldn't be anxious. Yeah. Or if you just prayed more, then you wouldn't be anxious. Or you should just pray about that, and then you won't have anxiety, which mm-hmm. is just not true and is an oversimplification. And candidly, it's kind of insulting 
to people. Mm -hmm. Because when you're anxious, somebody saying just stop being anxious is a little bit like when you yeah. can't fall asleep at night. It's the worst. Yeah. And and if somebody's like, hey, just go to sleep, you're like, I, I, I can't. I, I would if I could. I, I'm struggling to fall asleep. Same with being anxious. Yeah, like yeah. the verse Philippians uh, is it four six. Do mm -hmm. not be anxious about anything, uh, but in all things with prayer and petition, uh, let your requests be made known to God. Yep. That verse, like when you tell it to somebody that's anxious, they're just like, "What does that mean? How do I cast my anxieties on God?" Like, yeah, because I'm trying, it's not working. Yeah, like I'm praying, it's not. I'm still anxious. Totally. Like, what do you say to that person? I think they're oversimplifying the verse. So I think what, what the context of what Paul is saying is he's saying, hey, don't be anxious about anything. Rather, take all of those things and all of those fears and bring them to God. He says the same thing three times. He says, uh, uh, with prayer and petition, let your requests be made known. Now, what's prayer? It's talking to God. What's petition? It's bringing those requests to God. What's let your requests be made known to God? That's bringing those requests to God. So he's hammering like three different ways. Hey, bring those things to God. And then right after he says that, he says that peace will be experienced in your heart. And then he goes into whatever's true and lovely and right. Meditate on these things. So he's trying to give an alternative to rather than dwelling and focusing and meditating on the fear, which is what the Greek word for anxiety means. In other words, mm -hmm. the biblical word for hey, do not be anxious or being anxious is to meditate and to choose to dwell on fearful and anxious thoughts. It's literally synonymous in other outside of the Bible, um, ancient texts with meditation. So it's okay, but meditating now you're making it sound like thoughts. it's a choice. Like I'm like, like you're choosing to be anxious. Well, you're the, choosing to meditate on those. Yes. Paul is, he's saying, Hey, don't, in other words, it's, it's harder to argue with Paul's reasoning. If, if I was to say, Hey, you know, what's going to really help your life Maverick, you should wake up every day and meditate on everything that could possibly happen that's bad and you would be afraid of that could happen today. World War III could happen, an asteroid could hit the earth, you could you know, get some chronic disease and get robbed and murdered and you should start your day You're making every me anxious day. already. Okay, okay. Well, start <laughs> every day meditating on those things. No one would say- That'd be oh, a horrible idea. That's a good yeah. Yeah, way to live life. So it's no harder to argue with Paul. Okay, but sense. here's what's hard about that. And here's the thing, this is a topic that unfortunately I know a lot about. From yeah. personal experience. Totally. Um, the hard thing about that is when it's like the alternative, for example, could be, okay, so just don't think about any of those things. Yeah. And it's kind of like just ignore it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. ignore it feels like, okay, like sometimes fears are, well, I don't know if I'm wording this correctly, but I'll just speak from what I personal experience. Um, fears sometimes to me are like, okay, those are there for a reason. For example, like, oh, I'm scared to walk into the road that has cars coming. Yep. That's a fear that's there to stop you from walking into the road when cars are coming so you don't die. Sure. You know, like there's fears that are there that are purposeful, that yeah. are helpful. Why are you smiling? I'm, I'm like, <laughs> of all the things to be afraid of, are you wrestling with the cars no, and cars? I'm street? Giving an example. That's yeah. not a fear that I have. I'm giving an example of like a fear that's valid. Yeah, Like totally. it's very valid. So I think sometimes what, what's hard about anxiety is you kind of question yourself like is this valid like yeah. am i having this fear because i need to do something because i need to like make sure i'm doing my due diligence yeah. kind of like my part and making this as a habit i think there's things like that are way out of your control that's easy about mm -hmm. that but there's some things that it's like okay is this fear here for a reason is it valid do i need to listen to it yeah do i need to do something about it and do i need to lean into this or do i need to like present it to God and then just 
try to get it out of my mind as fast as possible. Yeah, what's an example? Um, okay, let me think. Maverick, you have one off the top of your head? Because there's certain um, things I mean, yeah, it could be like, I'm anxious about getting into this college or yeah. whatever. Things like that. Like, I know ultimately, like, okay, getting into the college isn't going to, like, you're you're going to be okay whether you get in yeah. or not. But, like, there's things like that that it's like, oh, if I don't get into this college, my parents aren't going to be, uh, my parents are going to look down on me. My family's going to reject me. Like, I'm supposed to be this really smart kid and I'm struggling and, like, these, like, you can have anxieties like that yeah. that are, like, not necessarily, like, I I get you're saying it's your choice to dwell on those and think on those, but it's yeah. also, like, they're real and they're there. Yeah. I think I think sometimes it's helpful to chase them down and to identify what am I actually anxious about, to use the college one as an example of, hey, what if I don't get into this college? What if you don't get into the college? Well, then I'd probably go to another college. What if you go to another college? But my parents both went to that college, and, like, my grandparents went to that college, and I have to go to that college, David. What if you don't go to the college your parents and your grandparents went to? They're going to be ashamed of me. So now you've identified actually what you're afraid of is the shame and guilt and fear of what your parents are going to think. Now, the truth is that may not even be true. Your parents are going to be ashamed of you. They may be just as excited if you go to Baylor versus if you went to UT and they're just excited for you to study and to work hard. At the same time, the Bible doesn't give us the permission slip to, hey, it, it, Jesus is teaching, Paul's teaching, all the teaching on anxiety is not like some, hey, just chill out and you know drink Shirley Temples on the beach and live, just, just chill life. The Bible is very clear on being diligent and preparing and do all that you can and then trust God. Fill out the applications, study for school, study for your class, do his best to, do the best that you can and then trust God with the outcome. To go back to your analogy, a lot of times what fuels the fear and anxiety is a false belief that's underneath them, that my parents are going to be ashamed of me. Now, maybe that's true, but a lot of times that false belief that you just think that they're going to be ashamed of you is what's fueling that actual fear and anxiety. So chasing that down and identifying, hey, and maybe they will be ashamed of you. At the end of the day, is your role to please your parents No, your role is to please God, to do everything you can to be faithful and diligent, and then I'm going to trust God. I still think Paul's teaching on, hey, don't meditate on every fearful and anxious thought Mm -hmm. is relevant by choosing, what if I don't get into that college? And what if I don't go to the fraternity my dad was a part of? And what if I don't get the connections to the jobs that I want to have because of that fraternity? It's just not productive. Rather, replace with what is true. God says that he is sovereign over my life. If I don't get into that college, he's in control. And I'm not going to thwart his will. Mm. I've heard the analogy before that a single glass of water can make a uh, fog that is one block wide and one block high, like in a dense city. There's no way. True story. No. That it it takes and it expands and takes all those water molecules and it expands them as far as possible. And that's a little bit what anxiety does in our brain is it takes that fear. What if I don't get into college and it stretches it to then I'll be, uh, you know, the black sheep of the family and I'll probably be alone and single for the rest of my life. And my life is totally over and I'll never have a job and I'll end up being homeless. And you just kind of run with it right. rather than seeing it as, well, if I don't get into that college, I'll probably end up going somewhere else. Or maybe I won't even go to college. Yeah. I just think it, I think it's easy to like sit and say like, oh, well, just – don't be anxious and just know that God's got a plan. But that, like, yeah, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I feel like I feel like you're saying just don't <laughs> be anxious. Like, oh, like don't worry about it. Like, if you don't get in, you don't get in. Yeah. And if your parents think of you that way, well, that's their fault, not yours. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. I'm saying the biblical word for anxiety and being anxious is to choose to dwell on fearful and anxious thoughts. I don't think anybody here would disagree with that. 
So I'm so, saying, hey, choose rather to dwell on what's true. You're going to have anxious thoughts. So Paul is saying, hey, don't be anxious about anything is not saying never have an anxious thought. That's impossible. You're right. going to have anxious thoughts. You can't control that. What you can control is choosing to when those anxious thoughts happen, I'm going to dwell and choose to meditate and focus on those thoughts. Uh, it would be almost like if somebody broke into your house. You can't choose whether or not somebody's going to break into your house. But you can choose if somebody breaks into your house and is trying to steal your TV to help him carry the TV out to his car and okay. help him carry some Fair other enough. furniture out to the car. And, hey, I'm going to help get everything you want. You just take over. You run the place. You can't choose that in the same way when those thoughts break in. I, I can't always control that I'm going to have anxious thoughts, but I can choose to feed and to dwell on those anxious thoughts. So they're breaking into my house and you're saying, just don't be anxious about it. Yeah. Just just don't. No, no, <laughs> like... no. I'm saying choose not to dwell or choose not to invite the burglar who broke into your house. Hey, move in. You can live with us. I just think it's easy to say don't dwell on it. But like even if you're not dwelling on it, like it's like you're still stressed and like got these anxieties about things. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like... like let me say this too because I agree with you, Maverick. Like I'm thinking of recent times I've been anxious and it's it's like I know in the moment I – so I start praying. I start like – just asking God that he would give me peace, that I, you know, I just start praying a bunch that I, as yeah. much as I can. And then I'm like, okay, it calms me a little bit, but I have to like, it does calm me. But then at the same time, like there's still a feeling that kind of like lingers. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't want that feeling. And I think when people right. are talking about anxiety, it's like this feeling that you can logically, even there's times where I can logically be like, hey, what you're anxious about doesn't make any sense. Totally. Like, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, there's still a feeling. And I think a lot of young adults could be like, I, how do I like, what are practical ways that I can like combat this feeling and just kind of like get out? Because sometimes you just get stuck in the loop. Yeah. Okay. You I'm going to give one exercise and then I'm going to give an acronym. Okay. Uh, the exercise, I think, is you've, you've got to face it to go back to that. Yeah. You like, would give an acronym. Sorry. Um, hey, man. <laughs> you would. Got it, bro. Uh, <laughs> love a good acronym. Um, that you face it by, by staring. Like part of the reason anxiety can be so crippling is it puts us in a fog of fear where we're unable to articulate and even identify. And sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's impossible alone. You have to have other people in your life to help mm -hmm. you identify it. And so let's let's take like the most extreme fear uh, or extreme example of that in my own life. What if I'm struggling with anxious thoughts over my wife and her health? Like, what if my wife was to die? And I can choose to go, oh, man, I don't even want to think about that. I'm going to dismiss that or deny even that thought even mm -hmm. being present. Right. Or I can address it and I can face it. Yeah. And I can say, well, what if my wife is to die? And answer the what if. That like, feels like it's just going to make me more anxious. No, no, no. Here's why. Here's why. Because so often, like I said, the power of anxiety is playing off of, hey, you don't answer the what if. And so you just go, oh, I didn't even want to think about that, which can just make you have more anxiety versus going, what if my wife, something happened to her and she died? Then, and answer the question, then I would go through probably the hardest season of my life and I would be heartbroken. I can't imagine the pain that walking through that would feel. And I will probably experience a level of pain unlike any other season I'll ever experience the rest of my life. And you're telling me that wouldn't make you more anxious. But God, and that's where you go back to what's true, has promised he'll never leave me nor forsake me, that he's enough and he would meet me in that pain, that he is sovereign over all things and he will work to bring about good even from the darkest chapters of our life. And so I can either pretend that, no, that'll never happen and almost false, 
false positivity. Like, no, it won't. As long as I just, you know, have good vibes and that would never happen. That's just not true. <laughs> it, it could happen. And one way that I can deflate some of the power <laughs> of that anxiety is by addressing that. So then I've answered the what if. Same as with college or same with any anxiety. Yeah. A lot of its power comes from the, the unknown that we don't articulate or we never chase it down. Mm-hmm. The acronym I was going to give is, um, no, no. They got me insecure about this acronym, bro. <laughs> is uh, is calm that one thing, and I think you have to. You almost have to lean into anxiety. Like you can't yeah. dismiss it. You can't. I agree. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to come back, and it's just a part of life. It makes sense. And and nothing is an always perfect, one size fits all cure. So even this acronym, uh, there's times where you can't articulate, but is communicate your anxiety to God. Philippians four. Don't be anxious about anything. Present those requests to God. Allow those things to rise. Is the A. That First Peter chapter five says, "Cast all of your anxieties on God because He cares for you," uh, or another translation is, "Cast all of your cares on God because you're what He cares about." And so, bring those things. Don't stuff them down. That so often we want to just like dismiss or pretend those anxieties are not there. And the Bible Bible teaches us, no, bring those. Those are too heavy for you to carry. Allow God to carry those. Bring those to Him. Cast those anxieties on Him. L is let others in. Because there's times, uh, Galatians chapter 6 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, that we can't even identify our anxieties or we can't fully see, hey, I think you have an idol about what your parents think about you mm. because of your college and not and letting them down. And that's an idol. And sometimes it's really hard to see that. Like for me, I know when I can be yeah. anxious, it can be hard. And then the M is meditate on what is true. Philippians 4 also brings up, Hey, replace those thoughts or meditate on what is true and noble. And a lot of times you got to go through that cycle like over and over and over and over again because you'll start meditating on what is true and then anxiety will creep back in. Mm-hmm. And I got to meditate on what is true, allow others in to talk about what I'm anxious about and to lean into it. Yeah. But y'all push back. I mean, yeah, I feel like – so like with letting others in, I feel like that's really hard for a lot of guys. Yeah. Um. So just be like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm not feeling well. Like, yeah. no dude has ever came to me and said that. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if dudes struggle with anxiety as much as, like, some of my female friends. Yeah. But I also don't know because they're not going to tell me. Totally, They're yeah. not going to say anything, you know? Yeah. And I guess how do you go about, as a guy, bringing that up to other guys? Yeah. Man, I think... I think you just have to open up. And I think you want to have trusted relationships that are deep enough. What generally we discover when you confess anything or you bring anything to the light, whether it's pornography, whether it's anxiety, which are two very different things. But anytime you bring anything forward, Mm -hmm. the response of a fellow follower of Jesus generally or should be, man, let me pray for you. Thank you for sharing that. Often you discover it's, man, me too. Mm -hmm. Or I've wrestled with that too. Or I have those same fears too. And, um, and that confession in some ways is contagious. So I think you want to have trusted relationships in your life that you can be authentic. You can be open with and bring those up. And it's not always easy. And, um, yeah, especially for guys. Yeah. I feel like it's easier for guys to talk about their pornography struggle than even anxiety. Cause it's like almost seen as like weak or like, you know, uh, not as like masculine. Like if you're like, Oh, I like girls a lot. Like, it's like, that's like, okay. So does every other guy. Yeah. Um, but guys have it. I mean, their anxieties yeah. just look different, whether oh, 100%. it's anxious about their job or insecurity over how... Or a girl. Or a girl or like all those things are real Yeah, mm-hmm. and exist. Yeah, to 
on your acronym M, meditate on what's true. Yeah. For me, like, there's been a, the verse that really like hits me hard in that moment that I have to repeat to myself is who of you by wearing can add a single hour to your life. And I can see how in a way that's like, oh, basically it has to remind me of eternity that like, hey, all of this is out of your control. You think that by doing something like going back to what I was saying earlier, um, there's a situation where, OK, let me give you an example. There was a situation where I was in a group of people in a crowded place and I saw this really sketchy guy like coming around and like just being kind of weird. Right. And he, it kind of like set my radar off yeah. in a way that I was like, this is weird. Like maybe I should leave this area and go somewhere. But I didn't, you know, anyways. And in that moment, I have my radar goes off. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that is just anxiety. And like that guy's completely fine. And you're just being anxious right now. Or you should really leave. Like, yeah. I don't know if you have that feeling for a reason and it's valid. And it's like, that's your radar and you should listen to it. That's the type of anxiety that sometimes I struggle with. That honestly is kind of like a, in that moment, I think I kind of just like walked away a little bit and gave myself a little space. Yeah. Um, But for example, like those things happen. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that was just anxiety. Because like that guy ended up being fine, you know, but I'm like, I don't know if that's there to protect me. I don't know if that's there to, mm. you know, and I yeah. think as women, especially, we can be in situations like that and not know if we're just like being anxious. Yeah. Um, however, all that to say, like in moments like that, I have to be like, okay, let's just say that guy's super sketchy and he does something really sketchy and like ends up being a psycho and yeah. whatever. Um, I won't even like verbalize like things that could happen. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to go there. I don't want to speak that into out there. Um, but like, let's just say that happened. Like at the end of the day, like my days are numbered and I have to keep going back to that because I think I can just be anxious about um, protecting myself or yeah. like, you know, things like that by zooming out and being like, hey, in light of eternity, like this is all actually our lives are all just like a vapor. And yeah. this is just so small. And um, maybe the that feeling is there for a reason. But at the end of the day, like God knows all of it. Like he knows where I'm here right now. He knows that this is happening. He knows all of it. And I kind of have to zoom out and I don't know, like that does actually bring me comfort to know I don't have any control because I think feeling like I have control or like that I should do something about it. It feels like a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And some of that may be fear, like instinctual fear, what you're describing. Right. Of like something's going off that tells me that's not right. Like if there's a cobra that is near you, like a snake. Right. And you being like, oh, I should stay away from that. That's not anxiety. That's like an instinctual fear that, hey, something, yeah, that's you know, true. being foolish. That's true. And the same could be true with that guy. I think anxiety would be more, um, you're, you have a constant fear of somebody, like you live in that state of panic. Yeah. Of what if somebody's around or what if somebody's here, that it can almost be irrational at times mm -hmm. or uh, it's at least magnified in our mind. So I would almost categorize those differently. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but I, I think... What's interesting about any emotion, and this goes back to why I think the Bible is so helpful on this stuff, is uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says that the Word of God is like a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. um, it's able to pierce through uh, the intentions and desires of the heart. Now, hit pause on that. Every emotion that we have has an intersection of two things involved. In other words, it's impossible for you to experience any emotion without these two things being involved. It is an intersection of something you believe and something you value. 
something you believe and something you value. What you believe, not not necessarily has to be true, but something that you believe could be true and something that you value. To go back to your your fear of going in the street or your kids going in the street, the reason that you could have fear, if I see a kid running in the street, is because I believe that he could get hit by a car and I value a child's life. Mm -hmm. If I see my kids running in the street, I'm going to feel anxiety and panic because I believe he could get hit by a car and it's something I value tremendously. Mm -hmm. Whether, uh, let me take another example that maybe will make it uh, even more relevant. It doesn't even have to be true. I just have to believe it could be true for it to be, for me to experience an emotion. If I am walking through my front yard and I see my wife across and I see a snake that she's walking towards in the grass, I would feel anxiety or feel a fear of, hey, stay away from that. Now, whether or not it's actually a snake, turns out it was actually just a stick. It didn't matter because in the moment I believed that it was a snake. And so I'm going to feel something. And so that's where, to go back to Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible is a tremendous gift because it allows us to penetrate through the beliefs and values of the heart and to discern, hey, is this a belief that is in line with what God's word says I should be believing? And is this a value? Am I valuing this in proportion to what God says is valuable? And so uh, a lot of the anxiety I feel over what my parents think about college could be because I'm overvaluing right. what they think about me mm-hmm. in a way that's not biblical. And God's word can tell me, hey, at the end of the day, living for the opinion of your parents or living for the opinion of anyone other than God mm-hmm. is going to create anxiety. And that's where I think it's a tremendous gift in yeah. that sense. I think for me, sometimes what I can overvalue is even like life on this earth. Like I, and I undervalue life in eternity mm-hmm. yeah. and life in heaven. And I don't realize how good it's going to be. So I kind of like grasp, you know, or try to control or try to make life really happy or really fun or like try to feel things here, you know, and I can just lose sight of this is also temporary. Yeah. And sometimes. Yeah, that's really convicting. And I think a lot of, for me, where I can get anxiety and things like that, and if you really zoom out, it's just like not valuing eternity as much as I should. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it comes like in waves. Like, honestly, I think probably there's somebody listening right now, and they're in a season of anxiety, and they're going to try to apply the things that we're talking about, and I think you should. And and it will not fix completely the anxiety. And you may not even, with the help of other people, be able to pinpoint some of that anxiety that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And to that person, I would say, man, that's real. And hold on to what's true, and it won't last. Like, it won't last forever. Yeah. I feel like, um, on the note of opening up, I wrote a book on anxiety. And I don't think I've shared on this podcast about what's happening with our daughter, Pregnant. Daughter, um, we, my wife and I are pregnant with our fourth. We um, are having a baby girl. We found out from the doctors some sad and hard news that more than likely, apart from a miracle, she'll go to be with Jesus shortly after she's born. And from finding that news out a couple months ago, I got, got, got hit with like anxiety over cra- things that are crazy and in a way that has deepened my compassion for people that battle anxiety. Like I've never been anxious to speak on a stage. And I've found myself multiple times, and I've spoken to thousands and thousands of people, yeah. <laughs> anxiety. I did a podcast the other day, and I was, like, anxious, and I'm like, I've done hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. Yeah. And I don't even know that this person. They just wanted to talk to me about my teaching prep. Um, yeah. And uh, and it's it just has made me – and I was talking with a counselor who was like, 
that's if you don't process your grief, it's going to come out as anger or anxiety. Like you have to lean into that stuff. And that was informative to me of like, oh, sometimes the root of that, I never would have connected those dots. Right. Um, that, man, why would I have um, anxiety over something that I, I literally do for a job? Right. Um, and I've never had before. And it was because of unprocessed grief. And so I, I just think that there could be somebody listening right now, and it may take time for you to get to the root of what's going on, yeah. but God is, God is there, and you're going to get through it, and it doesn't feel like that right now, but it's not going to last for forever. Yeah, that's a good point. And that could also be unprocessed, like trauma, like childhood, yeah. things from your childhood, things from past relationships or yes. abuse, or like things you've never told anyone before or talked about, like maybe that anxiety is stemming. Like it's coming out in all these other ways, but really it's just like unprocessed hurts, trauma, yeah. all of that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Man, I think we're almost out of time. I think we are. Anything else you guys got? I just think it's awesome that Callie's a counselor and you right. like need round the round the clock. <laughs> no, therapy. I was say, like you know, you do know a lot about anxiety. Like you wrote a book about it and yeah. Callie's a counselor and like the two of you together is just kinda like it's a power duo, but like even you guys can struggle with anxiety. Like everyone struggles totally. struggles with anxiety. And I think that can also be a, a perception people have is yeah. like, oh, well, pastors surely can't struggle with anxiety or like counselors definitely can't, you know, yeah. like things like that. Like no one really has it all together. Like we're all sinners. We're all broken. And like Jesus really is the only thing that can really heal Totally. Fully, you know. I, I said, I'll say one last thing because you're so spot on. I remember like a, a well-known pastor friend of mine was talking about how he had a panic attack on stage one time. And I was like, bro, that's that's what? wild. Yeah, um, you're like, not man, you. I can't really relate <laughs> yeah. to that. that. That's like not really what we do, bro. This is kind of, you know. And then I had one. And, uh, and I've talked to multiple people, to your point, like that have – that have big platforms and speak at big events and speak it and, and are nationally known. And they have all said, every person I know has these seasons of waves of anxiety. Like people you're like, there's no way. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Uh, one of them uh, was like, I was literally praying in Oklahoma saying, God, I will never speak again on a stage. If you could just <laughs> get me through this night of sleep. I was like, bro, that's crazy. And to your point, just man, everybody is a, yeah person who is in need of Jesus exactly. desperate need of Jesus yeah I think that's All right. it let's go alright we'll see you next week truth and love peace